What is Truth? 9-11 Written by Greg Fernandez Jr. Narrated by Ryan Barry 28 pages of Saudi Arabian government ties to 9-11 During an interview with Meet the Press host Tim Russert on September 14, 2003, Vice President Dick Cheney was asked about the connection between Iraq and the 9-11 terror attacks. Cheney responded, We learned more and more that there was a relationship between Iraq and Al-Qaeda that stretched back through most of the decade of the 90s that involved training, for example, on biological weapons and chemical weapons that Al-Qaeda sent personnel to Baghdad to get trained on the systems that are involved. The Iraqis providing bomb-making expertise and advice to the Al-Qaeda organization. Tim Russert reminded Cheney, We could establish a direct link between the hijackers of September 11th and Saudi Arabia. We know that many of the attackers were Saudi, Cheney responded. There was also an Egyptian in the bunch. It doesn't mean those governments had anything to do with that attack. That's a different proposition than saying the Iraq government and the Iraqi intelligence service has a relationship with Al-Qaeda that developed throughout the decade of the 90s. That was clearly official policy. There are reports, Russert explained, that the investigation Congress did does show a link between the Saudi government and the hijackers, but it still will not be released to the public. Cheney said he didn't want to speculate on that. It was the judgment of our senior intelligence officials, both CIA and FBI, that that material needed to remain classified. At some point, we may be able to declassify it, but there are ongoing investigations that might be affected by that release, and for that reason, we kept it classified. The committee knows what's in there. They helped us prepare it. So it hasn't been kept secret from the Congress, but from the standpoint of our ongoing investigation, we needed to do that. 28 Pages Please read the 28 pages in their entirety. This is simply a condensed version of the ties between the events of 9-11 and the Saudi government. 28 pages of the 2002 Joint Inquiry into Intelligence Community Activities before and after the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, was finally declassified and released to the public on July 15, 2016. Together with additional views, the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence and the U.S. House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence called for the establishment of a Director of National Intelligence, or DNI, who in addition to being the President's Principal Intelligence Advisor, shall have the full range of management, budgetary, and personnel responsibilities needed to make the U.S. intelligence community operate as a coherent whole. For over 14 years, page 416 through 443 of the Joint Inquiry Report remain classified. The 28 pages, Part 4, Finding Discussion and Narrative Regarding Certain Sensitive National Security Matters, focused on ties between September 11th hijackers and the government of Saudi Arabia. The Joint Inquiry Report concluded, while in the United States, some of the September 11th hijackers were in contact with and received support or assistance from individuals who may be connected to the Saudi government. There is information, primarily from FBI sources, at least two of those individuals were alleged by some to be Saudi intelligence officers. The Joint Inquiry also confirmed that individuals associated with the Saudi government in the United States may have other ties to Al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups. Omar al-Bayoumi, two of the 9-11 hijackers, Khalid al-Midhar and Nawaf al-Hazami, allegedly received substantial assistance from Omar al-Bayoumi when they arrived in San Diego in February of 2000. 
A year later, on September 11, 2001, Al-Midhar and Al-Hazami boarded American Airlines Flight 77, the aircraft which allegedly crashed into the Pentagon. Shortly after meeting with someone at the Saudi consulate in San Diego, Al-Bayoumi then met with the two future hijackers. FBI files indicate that the encounter with the hijackers may have not been accidental. Between January and May of 2000, Al-Bayoumi called Saudi government establishments in the United States almost 100 times. While living in San Diego in the late 1990s, Omar Al-Bayoumi was suspected of being a Saudi intelligence officer. The FBI received numerous reports from individuals in the Muslim community, dating back to 1999, alleging that Al-Bayoumi may be a Saudi intelligence officer. Omar was a member of the Islamic Center of San Diego, whose mission today is to serve the religious needs of San Diego Muslim population and work with the larger community to serve the less fortunate, to educate, and to better our nation. Al-Bayoumi received a monthly salary from Marine, a Saudi company affiliated with the Saudi Ministry of Defense, even though he had been there on only one occasion. Someone at Irene refused to pay Al-Bayoumi a monthly salary at first, but then he was told that his company would lose their contract if he did not pay him. The Irene employee or owner attributed this to a Saudi corruption. Irene is a subcontractor of Dalla and Avco, which held contracts for cleaning and maintenance at the three major airports in Saudi Arabia. Dalla and Avco are part of Dalla and Avco Trans-Arab, which is a subsidiary of the Al-Barakat Investment and Development Company. One of these companies, according to an FBI document, has links to Osama bin Laden. FBI headquarters was informed of the affiliation between Dalla Avco and Al-Barakat in February of 2001, but the San Diego field office apparently never got this information. An October 14, 2002 FBI document revealed Omar al-Bayoumi had extensive ties to the Saudi government. Between 1976 and 1993, al-Bayoumi worked as an accountant for the Saudi Civil Aviation Administration. He was a frequent contact with Amir at the Saudi Ministry of Defense, responsible for air traffic control. He received $20,000 from a Saudi Ministry of Finance in 1998, when applying to schools in the United States, Omar had a letter from the Saudi embassy which stated that he was getting a full scholarship from the government of Saudi Arabia. According to the joint inquiry report, before the hijackers moved in with the longtime FBI informant, they stayed in Al-Bayoumi's apartment for several days. When Al-Bayoumi found an apartment for Al-Midhar and Al-Hazmi, he co-signed their lease and probably paid their first month's rent and security deposit. Al-Bayoumi then threw a welcoming party to introduce the two men to the San Diego community. Madhar Abdullah, also a member of the Islamic Center of San Diego, soon became Al-Midhar and Al-Hazmi's translator, helped them get driver's license and assisted them in locating flight schools. Before Khalid Al-Midhar and Nawaf Al-Hazmi arrived in San Diego, Omar Al-Bayoumi's salary or allowance was $465 per month. In March of 2000, Al-Bayoumi's pay rate jumped to over $3,700 a month and stayed constant until December of 2000 when Al-Hazmi left San Diego. After Al-Hazmi left San Diego, Al-Bayoumi's monthly salary dropped to $3,200. Omar left the United States one month before the September 11 terror attacks. Sometime before September 11, 2001, Omar Al-Bayoumi received $400,000 from Saudi Arabia to help fund a new mosque in San Diego. 
The FBI conducted a counterterrorism investigation on Alpha Yumi in 1998 and 1999, but cleared the investigation at that point. According to FBI reports, after an exhaustive translation of Bayumi's documents, it is clear that in Bayumi's correspondence, he's providing guidance to young Muslims and some of his writings can be interpreted as jihadist. During a closed hearing before the joint inquiry, a former San Diego FBI agent testified that Omar al-Bayumi acted like a Saudi intelligence officer, in my opinion. And if he was involved with the hijackers, which it looks like he was, if he signed leases, if he provided some sort of financing or payment of sort, then I would say that there is a clear possibility that there might be a connection between Saudi intelligence and UBL. FBI agents discovered that Alba Yumi was in contact with at least three individuals at the Saudi Embassy in Washington, D.C. Two individuals at the Saudi Arabian Cultural Mission in Washington, D.C. and three individuals at the Saudi Consulate in Los Angeles. He had the phone number for an individual at the Saudi Consulate in London, Osama Bosnan. Osama Bosnan lived in an apartment across the street from the two future hijackers, Khalid al-Midhar and Nawaf al-Hazami in San Diego, and spoke over the phone with Omar al-Bayoumi several times a day when they both were in San Diego. An FBI asset stated that Osama Basnin and Omar al-Bayoumi were close to each other for a long time. According to the Joint Inquiry report, Basnin had many ties to the Saudi government, including past employment by the Saudi Arabian Education Mission. Some people from San Diego's Muslim community thought Omar Basnin was a Saudi intelligence officer. Basnin reportedly received funding and possibly a fake passport from Saudi government officials, according to a CIA memo. In 1992, Basnin hosted a party for the Blind Sheikh at his house in Washington, D.C. in October of 1992. FBI assets reported how highly Basnin spoke to Osama bin Laden, referring to bin Laden as the official caliphate and the ruler of the Islamic world. Bastin also told the asset that there was enough Muslims in the United States to destroy the United States and make it an Islamic state within 10 or 15 years. Saudi ambassadors to the United States Prince Bandar bin Sultan of the House of Saud sent Osama Bastin a $15,000 check, which was cashed on May 14th of 1998. Before that, on January 8th, 1998, Bastin's wife cashed a check from the Saudi ambassador's wife, Princess Haifa, between February 22, 1999 and May 30, 2002, Bastin's wife received an additional $74,000 from Haifa. What the money was for is what we don't know, FBI Executive Assistant Director D. Amaru told the joint inquiry. Bastin's close friend Khalid Al-Qaid was a commercial airline pilot and certified flight instructor living in San Diego. Al-Qaid admitted to the FBI that in May 2000, Al-Midhar and Al-Hazmi contacted him about learning to fly Boeing jet aircraft. Bastin had connections to the Bin Laden family in both Saudi Arabia and the United States. In 2002, Bastin went to Houston, where a member of the Saudi royal family provided Bastin with a significant amount of cash. FBI, inform FBI information indicates that Bastin is an extremist and supporter of Osama Bin Laden, has been connected to the Eritrean Islamic Jihad and the blind Sheikh, Sheikh Al-Thumari. The joint inquiry report describes Sheikh Al-Thumari as an accredited diplomat in the Saudi consulate in Los Angeles and one of the imams at the King Fahad Mosque in Culver City, California. Saudi Arabian Crown Prince 
Abdulaziz funded the creation of the King Fahad Mosque in 1998. 9-11 hijackers Khalid al-Midhar and Nawaf al-Hazmi both attended the mosque. FBI documents indicate that Madhar Abdullah drove al-Hazmi and al-Midhar to the King Fahad Mosque before al-Midhar returned to Saudi Arabia. The Joint Inquiry staff reviewed a memorandum stating initial indications are that al-Thumari may have had a physical or financial connection to al-Hazmi and al-Midhar, but we are still looking at the possibility. Also according to FBI documents, the mosque was built in 1998 from the funding provided by Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Abdul Aziz. The mosque is reportedly attended by members of the Saudi Consulate in Los Angeles and is widely recognized for its anti-Western views. According to FBI and CIA reports, Sheikh al-Thumari may have been in contact with both Khalid al-Minhar and Nawaf al-Hazmi before September 11, 2001. Separately, CIA and FBI personnel identified the Ibn Tamiya Mosque in Culver City as a site of extremist-related activity. Several subjects of the FBI investigations prior to September 11 had closed connections to the mosque and are believed to have laundered money through the mosque to nonprofit organizations overseas affiliated with Osama bin Laden. In an interview, an FBI agent said he believed that the Saudi government money was being laundered through the mosque. Saleh al Hussein. The FBI labeled Saleh al Hussein as a Saudi Interior Ministry employee and official. In September of 2001, Saleh al Hussein stayed at the same hotel in Herndon, Virginia, where Nawaf al Hazmi was staying. Several FBI agents in the Washington field office believe Saleh al-Hussein was being deceptive when claiming he did not know any of the 9-11 hijackers. Saleh's interview with the FBI ended abruptly when al-Hussein either passed out or feigned a seizure requiring medical treatment. Sometime before 2002, al-Hussein was able to depart the United States despite FBI efforts to locate and re-interview him. Saleh's nephew Sami Omar Hussein was under investigation by the FBI and had connections to the Islamic Assembly of North America, IANA. According to the FBI, the IANA's mission is actually to spread Islamic fundamentalism and Salafist doctrine throughout the United States and the whole world at large. Soleil was a major contributor to the IANA, according to the FBI documents. IANA had solicited money from Prince Bandar, but the documents are unclear as to whether Bandar actually contributed money to the organization. Abdullah bin Laden Osama bin Laden's half-brother Abdullah bin Laden claimed to work at the Saudi embassy in Washington, D.C. as an administrative officer. He is a close friend of Muhammad Qadar Harunani, a possible associate of Muhammad Atta and Marwan al-Shahi prior to September 11, 2001. In 1999, the FBI conducted a counterterrorism investigation on Mohammed Qadar Harani. Additionally, Abdullah bin Laden was the subject of several FBI investigations before September 11, 2001. Abdullah financed Mohammed's company and too frequently communicated via phone and email. Abdullah bin Laden was the president and director of the World Arab Muslim Youth Association, WAMY, and the Institute of Islamic and Arabic Sciences in America. Both of those non-governmental organizations are based in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. The FBI stated WAMY was closely associated with the funding and financing of international terrorist activities and in the past has provided logistical support to individuals wishing to fight in the Afghan war. Testing Security In 1999, 
Muhammad al-Qudahin and Hamdan al-Shalawi boarded a plane in Phoenix, headed for the Saudi embassy in Washington, D.C. Muhammad and Hamdan claimed the flight was paid for by the Saudi embassy. While on the flight, Muhammad and Hamdan began asking flight attendants technical questions about the flight that the flight attendants found suspicious. After a flight attendant told Muhammad al-Qadahin where the bathrooms were in the back of the plane, Muhammad proceeded to go to the front of the plane, and on two other occasions, tried to enter the cockpit. The plane made an emergency landing, and the FBI investigated the incident, but decided not to pursue prosecution. After 9-11, a report from FBI's Phoenix field office stated, Phoenix FBI now believe both men were specifically... After 9-11, a report from the FBI's Phoenix field office stated, Phoenix FBI now believes both men were specifically attempting to test security procedures of American West Airlines in preparation for an in-furtherance of UBL-slash-Al-Qaeda operations. An FBI agent found Mohammed Al-Qadahin's profile similar to that of Al-Biyumi and Bastin. Were FBI agents looking into the possibility that Al-Qadahin was also a Saudi intelligence officer like Al-Biyumi and Bastin? Al-Qadahin was a student in the United States and had no visible means of income. The FBI believed Al-Qadahin received money from the Saudi government at some point while in the United States. Phone Numbers On March 28, 2002, senior Al-Qaeda operative Abu Zubaydah was captured at a safe house in Faisalabad, Pakistan. FBI documents showed that several of the phone numbers found in the phone book of Abu could be linked, at least indirectly, to telephone numbers in the United States. One of those U.S. numbers is subscribed to by the ASPCOL Corporation, which is located in Aspen, Colorado, and manages the affairs of Colorado residents of the Saudi Ambassador Bandar. The FBI noted that the ASPCOL has an unlisted telephone number. A November 18, 2002 FBI response to the joint inquiry states that CIA traces have revealed no direct link between numbers found in Zabaida's phone book and the numbers in the United States. An unnamed male was interviewed by the FBI in June of 2002. After his Virginia phone number was found in Osama bin Laden's safe house in Pakistan, he could not explain why his number ended up at the safe house in Pakistan, but stated that he regularly provided services to a couple who are personal assistants of Prince Bandar. Lack of Saudi Help According to several FBI and CIA personnel, the Saudis displayed a lack of cooperation when it came to assisting with counterterrorism investigations, both before and after September 11th attacks. The former chief of Alex Station, the unit in the DCI's counterterrorist center establishment in 1996, to focus specifically on Osama bin Laden, it was clear from about 1996 that the Saudi government would not cooperate with the United States on matters relating to Osama bin Laden. In May of 1999, a DCI counterterrorist center memo revealed why the Saudis were not helping the DCI with information about Osama bin Laden. Apparently, Osama bin Laden had too much information about official Saudi dealings with Islamic extremists in the 1980s for Riyadh to deliver him into U.S. hands. The former chief of Alex Station felt that the Saudi assistance to the U.S. government on this matter was contrary to Saudi's national interests. FBI Executive Assistant Director Pascali D'Amaro told the joint inquiry, To date, I can't sit here and tell you that those ties go back. What we can prove is that the Saudi royal family is sponsoring terrorism. But there's enough smoke out there that we're conducting several investigations to try and determine what other information is out there. 
During an October 9, 2002 closed session with the joint inquiry, FBI Director Robert Mueller admitted that he was not aware of some of the facts about the Saudis until the joint inquiry staff investigated the sensitive issue. I'm saying the sequence of events here. I think the staff probed, and as a result of the probing, some facts came to light here and to me, frankly, that had not come to light before, and perhaps would not have come to light if the staff had not probed. That's what I'm telling you, so I'm agreeing with you that the staff probing brought out facts that may have not come to the committee. But what you're also saying, Senator Mike DeWine clarified, is that the probing then brought facts to your attention. Yes, Mueller responded. 28 pages later. Inside the 28 pages, you will also find wire transfers related to Osama bin Laden, links between Al-Qaeda and the Saudi government, and complaints from FBI agents about the lack of Saudi cooperation. The ties, however loose they may seem in their 28 pages, between the Saudis and the events of 9-11 cannot be denied and should be investigated further. The real question is what United States intelligence agencies did with this information. Were the 28 pages classified because Saudi connections to terrorism were being investigated or because the United States government did not want to investigate their ally? This has been What is Truth? 9-11 Written by Greg Fernandez Jr. Narrated by Ryan Berry Copyright by Greg Fernandez Jr. Production copyright by Greg Fernandez Jr.